praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? No one has returned to give praise to God except this foreigner. Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. So in this passage, we see that there's ten men, all healed along um, their journey as they went. Along their um, life journey, if you will, um, they walk and they're healed as they're on their way to do what Jesus has told them to do. But only one of them comes back. So these men are, de- are, are, are deemed unclean and they're shunned by the rest of um, society. And so um, during that time, um, if, you were cl- if you were cleansed, I think that you would be really excited and want to go back and give thanks for how you were healed. But only one of them returns. And so um, this puzzles Jesus. And so um, this is the season of giving thanks, as we, as we know, and Thanksgiving's coming up. Um, and so we're going to be reflecting back on the year and giving thanks for um, all of the blessings. But what about the things that um, are a little bit tougher to give thanks for? What about the things that we might not have seen as blessings at the time period, but now we kind of reflect back and see that they were blessings? So, um, so we need to be able to go back to those times in, uh, of um, reflecting on God's faithfulness, even in the difficult times. So when I thought about this, I went back to um, thinking about um, my grandma. And so this is a time period that um, the holiday season can be really difficult, a really challenging time for a lot of people. Um, sometimes it's a, a celebrating a holiday season without a loved one for the first time. Uh, maybe it's just remembering back to the loved ones who aren't there um, for this. And so when I was thinking back um, about my grandma, um, I just think about uh, one of the things that she would love to do. She would come over every week. Um, once or twice a week, and she would clean. Just clean my parents' house, just like loved cleaning the house, and she called herself Windex Winnie. And so um, it was a superhero-type name uh, for a superhero-type woman. And uh, she was so joyful and proud doing this, and she would express such great joy. She would sing the entire time. And so I, I, would come up, I would come upstairs from the basement every once in a while, and I would just hear her singing, and I realized that she's in the bathroom cleaning the toilet, just like joyfully singing. And I was like, that's not me. So I'm, 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 I'm grateful for you doing that. But, um, but I, I, I don't think that I really realized what was happening during that time. I think during that time, um, I just thought it was cleaning because she was OCD, just like my mom. But... In reality, I think that she was showing us, some, showing us something much more. She loved us so deeply that even the most mundane tasks were, were worthy of um, her efforts, worthy of her love. She cared for us so deeply, um, and she served us so well that I think that she taught us um, how Christ would want us to live. She taught us that this servant-hearted minded, like being servant-hearted um, is how you love and how you care for the people around you and how you care for the people of God. Um, but my grandma, um, in 2012, uh, January of 2012, my grandma was diagnosed with brain cancer and, um, we were all devastated. Um, and then as the brain cancer kind of, um, continued to grow, um, she started losing that joyfulness, started losing that servant heartedness. And so it was just really hard for my family to really wrap our minds around what, what, uh, God was doing in that time period. 
uh, and, and it frankly still is. Um, so uh, she passed away um, in uh, October of 2012, so it was about an eight-month time span that we knew about it. And um, so in that, time, in that time period now, um, we kind of look back and reflect. And um, I mean, in a time period where um, you lose someone that you love, uh, you kind of look back and you're like, you're angry with God, you wonder why. But I mean, I'm, I'm, I can be joyful now in knowing uh, who she was, who she taught me to be. And now I know that she's uh, eternally giving thanks and praise to God, uh, who she was um, designed and called to be. Um, and so it also makes me think about um, Scripture. The, the, in, the entirety of Scripture is to remind us of who we, who we are and who we are made to be. And um, uh, the Israelites in the Exodus were also told this so frequently. Exodus 2.20 and a lot of other places says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. So when the Israelites were going through the most difficult time of their lives under um, the foot of Egypt, uh, serving them as slavery, serving them in slavery, and then uh, God delivered them out of there, they're, recall, they're told to recall that time period so that they remember who God is, even in the most difficult of times. And so um, today we must remember God's faithfulness. We must remember that those challenges that we went through in our lives are the time periods that shaped us, that mold us, that made us who uh, made us who we are today. And I think that we need to be grateful for that. Um, and so um, today, um, in my period of reflection, I'm going to remember um, my grandma. I'm going to remember those hard times, but I'm also going to remember those good times because uh, it's a time that I can remember an amazing, uh, an amazing woman that taught me so much, taught me how to love and serve like Jesus. And so um, today, um, we're going to all reflect together. Um, so you'll have some uh, the, the service notes that are in front of you or a sheet of paper. I, we just want you in this next time period to reflect. So as you're reflecting, think about um, what is God calling you? Uh, what is God calling you to remember and be thankful for today? What situation was challenging, but now you see it as a blessing? How can you give thanks for something now? Um, that you couldn't uh, give thanks for then. So identify those moments right now. Uh, write them down during this next song. And um, I just want you to um, return to the Lord um, as, those, as only one of those uh, men who is cleansed of leprosy. Return to the Lord and give thanks for he is faithful. So it's just a treat to, to have you participate in this way this morning. So, and I, I'm really grateful for what you challenged us to do, to, to kind of look back, you know, and to circle back around and be thankful for things in our life. I found myself thinking about, you know, my parents' divorce, you know, when I was in third grade. At the time, I wasn't thankful for that. But I can look back now, and there's people in my life that wouldn't be in my life if God hadn't worked to the good. And, and poured out his mercy even on a tough situation. And I'm going to go to a birthday party this afternoon up north, and I'm going to 
I'm going to celebrate with people that wouldn't be in my life apart from God's goodness and mercy on a, on a difficult situation. And I'm just, so I'm grateful. It's cool to, and, and good for us to circle back. And um, kind of what, what we're doing today, like Brendan said, is uh, we're just going to frame thankfulness in three categories. What was, what is, what will be. Sort of like, uh, you know, if you're in a car, like, you know, Ryan was having us look in the rearview mirror. What are the things behind us? that we're grateful for. And, and just in a little bit, Brendan's going to have us look out the windshield at the things ahead of us that we're going to be grateful for. I, I'm going to have us pay attention to what's in the car right now, in the moment, you know, in the interior of the car. What, what are the things that we're thankful for? Being, giving thanks for what is. So to start, I just want to take us back to 19, it was New Year's Eve, 1987 or 1988? I'm a little fuzzy as to which year it was. It's not really important what year it was. The only thing that's important about the year is was my hair feathered really cool, or did I have like a, a flat top in the style of Goose and Maverick? I'm not, I can't remember, you know, that, that feathered hair. I don't know if, if anyone, you know, you young people don't know what that is. Look it up. I hope it comes back. It was really, it's a cool hairstyle that I, I hope comes back. But it was 1987 or 1988, New Year's Eve. I was sitting in the Baptist Church in McBain, Michigan, listening to Pastor Ben Blackiston. And the only reason I was there is because I was dating his daughter. And, um, but I remember, I don't know why I remember this, but I remember he, he was kind of reflecting on, you know, kind of transitioning into another new year. It was New Year's Eve. And he invited us and challenged us to memorize three verses of scripture, um, Colossians three fifteen through 17. And I remember, um, taking him up on that and, and memorizing that. And, and it kind of, if you're not familiar with it, it's Paul's words in the book of Colossians chapter three. And he says this, he says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Be thankful. So let the, let the word of Christ, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, listen to this, and whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And uh, I memorized that at that time and decided that I'm going to try to make that, you know, the way I live my life over the next year. And, you know, here we are now in 2018, and those are still verses that I find myself going back to over and over of, of, of sort of a, a life verses, if you will, of how I want to live my life. And, and I just want to, you know, remind us of, of some words in there. You know, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and then this, be thankful. Be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. And as you sing psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Be thankful. Have gratitude. Give thanks. Disciples of Jesus are expected to be thankful and give thanks. Some, some form of the word thanksgiving shows up in the scriptures like over 200 times. Christians should be the most thankful people on the planet. Ponder that. Christians should be the most thankful people on the planet and the most giving, I would add. We should excel 
at thanks in giving. Not just on the fourth Thursday of November as it rolls around each year in this holiday called Thanksgiving. Giving thanks is at the heart of being a follower of Jesus Christ. Consider Jesus. Think about the the stories we read in the Gospels of Jesus. Jesus practiced gratitude. Jesus gave thanks. And if we want to be like him, we say that a lot, don't we? You know, we want to make disciples who learn to be like Jesus and do the kinds of things Jesus did. Jesus was grateful. Jesus gave thanks. Think about the the feeding of the 5,000 and the feeding of the 4,000. When Jesus collects these meager loaves of bread and a few fish, what does he do first? He gives thanks. He He gives thanks for this humble provision and then he multiplies it. Think about when when Jesus stood outside the grave of his friend Lazarus, who had just died like a few days earlier and was already in the grave. And Jesus stood in front of the grave of his friend. And one of the first things he did was he gave thanks. I mean, his friend had just died, but he gave thanks to God in advance for listening to the prayer that he was about to pray. Or... Think about this famous scene when when Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he gathered with his disciples. And they gathered in this room and they they had what we call the Last Supper together. And do you remember, like, even though Jesus knew he was about to be betrayed, he, he knew that there was immense suffering coming. He knew that death was close. He took the bread and he gave thanks. And he took the cup and he gave thanks. Jesus still practiced gratitude, and he still spoke words of thanks over the bread and the wine, revealing that there's always something to be thankful for. Even when death is imminent and suffering is at hand, there's always something to be thankful for. The Apostle Paul, you see you, you see that attribute in, in his writings. Just, just read Paul's letters in the New Testament. I mean, there's the passage that I recited and we looked at earlier from Colossians chapter 3. Just in in those three verses, you know, Paul, or two verses, Paul talks about being thankful, having gratitude, giving thanks, like three times. It was part, Paul understood that part of the DNA of being a disciple is having gratitude. I think of his words, familiar words, right, in the beginning of Philippians chapter 1 when he says, every time I think of you, I give thanks. Every time you come to mind, I give thanks. Or, or when, in that other verse that we quote a lot, you know, Philippians 4, 6, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. He, he weaves it in there. Like there's always something to be thankful for. Or I love this simple verse. Three verses. Paul, in his letter to the Thessalonians, he says this, Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. God's will. This is God's will for every Christian. This is Paul writing to believers. This is God's, he's, he's very clear. You want to know God's will for your life? Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You know, a while back, this was a few years ago, Tori and I were uh, receiving some coaching 
you know, in um, like family on mission type stuff. And I remember um, our coach, uh, Andy Draw at the time, like he challenged us to um, put some thought into what is the vision and values of our family? You know, for, for our family, me, Tori, Reese, JC, Levi, what, what are the, what, what's our vision as a family? What are our values as a family? I don't know if you've ever pondered that, thought about that for, for your life or for your family. You know, what are, what are the values? And, and so here's what we came up with. Our, our values as a family is we're going to always be grateful, we're going to always be generous, and we're going to always seek to make people's day. And, and I've been thinking about that, you know, some more. Like, I would even add a couple more nowadays. Like, like we're going to always be humble and always be courageous. But, but one of our core values as a family is be grateful, to give thanks. You know, we make our kids write thank you notes. You know, we, we, any, way, in any way we can, we, we try to express gratitude, you know, to people. Um, I, I was reading this this week. Like, in the Jewish culture, there's like thousands of blessings that are pronounced throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the annual yearly rhythms, you know, of the Jewish people. It didn't matter whether you were waking up, eating dinner, putting on your clothes for the day. It, it was like it was almost forbidden to enjoy anything without saying a blessing for it. It, it, it. If you enjoyed something without saying a blessing, it's as if you were stealing from God. You know, him as the source of the blessing. The word blessed is the most repeated word in the Old Testament. We just sang that word over and over and over. Blessed be your name. Blessing God, thanking God is an important part of of being a follower of Jesus Christ. We need to be good at this. We need to be good at blessing the one who blesses us. Continually blessing God. Continually giving thanks in all circumstances. That's the mark of a disciple. For remember, this is what is. This is what we are thankful for. It is by grace that we have been saved. And in Lamentations, it says that our Father's mercy is new and fresh, tailor-made for each one of us every morning, every day. Mercy. Mercy is not getting what we deserve. Grace is getting what we don't deserve. Thank you, God. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Our, 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 John says this, that, that how great is the Father's love that it's, he's lavished it on upon, out upon us that we should be called children of God. That is who we are. That is our identity. And, and with that identity comes authority and power and every spiritual blessing under heaven. We are a blessed people. So we need to be a people that bless God with gratitude every day. So, so let me ask you this question. How many times a day do you say thank you? Whether that's to God or to, to people in your life, how many times a day do you say thank you? The average American, did you know this? I looked it up, and Google says it, so it must be true. Excuse me. The average American says thank you five times a day. And three times, you really don't mean it. It's just like, it's just routine. It's just words that come out of your mouth. Just, it's just reaction. The average American says thank you five times a day. How often does that word show up in your life? How, how often does that word come out of your lips? In, how often does it show up in your prayers? I, I'm very self-conscious of this because, you know, we're talking about this today. So even this morning as I'm praying, I, I just had these words that I pray every morning. I, I started thinking about how many times am I saying thankful? Because I find myself almost every morning 
thanking God for waking me up. Thanking God for putting breath in my lungs. You know, th- thanking God for just the gift of today. In, in asking and in, in hoping that the way I live my life today, the things I say and don't say, do and don't do, think and don't think, that it would be a gift back to him. That it would be a blessing back to him. So I, I find myself, you know, trying to say thank you as often as I can. I, I have this new journal. Um, it's kind of a journal slash daily planner because I'm still trying to figure out like what works best for me. Is it electronic? Is it handwritten? Is it somewhere in between? Um, so I picked up, I saw this online. I picked up this thing. It's called the Turtle Journal. I don't know why it's called the Turtle Journal. It has a little turtle embossed right here. I don't think it's made out of a turtle. You know, I, I don't think it has anything to do with a turtle, but it's called the Turtle Journal. And, uh, every, and it has a daily planner and a weekly planner and a monthly planner. But every day... Um, it invites me to participate in a discipline of giving thanks. So like every day in the morning, it, asks, it has three little smiley faces and it um, asks me to list three things I'm thankful for today. The day hasn't even started. Like what are three things I'm thankful for maybe that will be today? Then at the end of the day, um, it asks for gratitude, three more things as I look back on the day that I'm thankful for. So a total of, of six gratitudes for the day. And it reminded me of that song we sang, you know, earlier. Like, you know, when the sun rises, when the sun sets, may, may blessing and praise and thanks, you know, be on my lips. And uh, it, it's just been fun. Like, I, I, I don't do it. Um, I don't get all three every morning and every night. But as I was looking back on this, um, you know, there, there's things I'm thankful for. Like, even like this morning, I wrote down here, I'm, I'm thankful uh, to have a garage, because I got home from a weekend up hunting last night, and Levi was in my spot in the garage. So I parked outside because I knew I was going to leave before him today anyway. Um, but so this morning, I, it's kind of cold, and my car's not as warm as it usually is. And I, I found myself writing in my journal when I got here, like, I'm really thankful to have a garage. I'm really thankful to have a car. I mean, most people in the world don't have a car. And and we're a room full of families that have multiple cars. And we have houses for our cars called garages. Most people don't have that in the world. So I'm just trying to be grateful for just the everyday simple things. I I, I wrote in it yesterday. um, I got to hunt with my dad. My dad going, you know, you guys know his journey with the cancer. Like this is the first time he's been out in the woods for like three years. And uh, he can't sit very long. But he came out to the woods twice with us over the last few days. That is, I'm more grateful for that than only seeing one doe. I can just, I didn't see any deer, but I don't care. My dad was out in the woods with us. I'm grateful for the gift of my father and being able to hunt with him. On Monday, on Monday of this week, I put down in here, like, I'm grateful for Scott DeVisser. There's Scott right there, he's back there. But this is a story for another day, but I'm going to quickly summarize it. Scott, uh, uh, like a month or so, we've been talking over the last year, but like a month ago or so, organized a bunch of men to pray for me every day. It's awesome. Like we're, we, we've been talking about this. God's been speaking to Scott and God's been kind of nudging Scott to take a step on this. And we've been thinking about how David, you know, King David had 30 mighty men, you know, warriors that, that sort of went out to battle with him. And he, he's recruited, I think, upwards to 30 men in my life who um, he organizes a, 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 every Monday morning. He sends me an email, what can we pray for you this week? Then he sends it out to the guys, and I know they're praying for me. And I feel a difference. I feel a different level of anointing and authority and peace and confidence and um, joy like and, and protection and victory. Um, I'm really, really, really grateful 
for not just Scott, but for people who pray for me. And then, you know, I couldn't help but put this one down this morning. I'm grateful for Victory Point for believing in me. Because so I'm, I'm reflective that it was a year ago today, actually, you know, on November 19 of last year, uh, that this congregation voted for me to be the lead pastor here at Victory Point. One year ago, kind of today. And I'm really, really grateful. That, you know, hopefully no one's regretting this, but um, I'm re- and if you are, it's okay. Um, I'm really, really grateful for a, a people that believe in me, that took a chance on me, that, that were willing to, to invest in me and support me. And I just got so many things I'm grateful for. I, you know, I'll close with this. Um, maybe you've read this book. There's a book called 1,000 Gifts. 1,000 Gifts, Anne Voskamp wrote this book. And in the book, she shares a story of how she was at the beauty salon, at the hair salon, and she saw someone reading an article titled, A Thousand Places to See Before You Die. And that inspired Anne and got her thinking and wondering, could she come up with a thousand things that she's grateful for? A thousand things, that, a thousand gratitudes. After all, the, the hymn does tell us to count your blessings and to name them one by one. So she set out on this journey to do that, to identify a thousand things that she's grateful for. Not just generically or generally, but specifically. And, and that became this book, you know, 1,000 Gifts. And I got thinking, like, what, what if you did that? What if I did that? You know, what if, uh, you know, beginning this Thursday, Thanksgiving 2018, for the next year till Thanksgiving 2019, you set about keeping track, listing in a journal on a piece of paper somewhere the things that you are grateful for? If you did that, like, like, like you know, my turtle journal, you know, um, I'm, I'm trying to every day identify six things that I'm thankful for. If you identified three things every morning, and three things every night that you're grateful for in that day, specific things, if you did that 365 days a year, you would come up with 2,190 things you're thankful for in one year. If you just came up with six things, six things every day that you were grateful for, that's, yeah, that's above average. An average American only says thank you five times. What if you did it six times? And you did that for a year. But if you, if you just wanted to shoot for 1,000, three a day, Come up with three things every day that you're grateful for. I just want to challenge us to do that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to start numbering these in my turtle journal. I'm going to number them. Every time I write down something I'm thankful for, I'm going to number them and just keep it going, see if I can hit 1,000. You know, the, the song we sang talked about 10,000 reasons. You know, let's start with 1,000 and then let's keep going, you know. But what if we did that? I think that would, I think that would definitely help get us good at giving thanks in all circumstances. So I just want to give us a moment to reflect. You know, maybe pull out your message notes if you started there with, with what Ryan asked us to reflect on or a piece of paper. Like, you know, first you did, like, thank, here's the things I'm thankful for looking back. You know, um, I'm thankful for what was. Now I want you to just write a little caption, I'm thankful for what is. Can you come up with just three things right now that you're thankful for and write them down? Three things right now that you're thankful for right now in your life that are in the car with you, that you're thankful for. And can I ask you to be specific? You know, don't just say, like, I'm thankful for my husband or my wife or my son or my daughter or my mom or my dad. Write that, but then write why. Why are you thankful today for that person? You know, I think the more specific we can be, the more nuanced we can give things. 
um, just the more powerful that the thanksgiving is and the blessing is. So just take a minute. What are three things you're thankful for right now? At least get one. There's always something to be thankful for. Even in suffering. Before Brendan comes up here, can I just ask you to do one thing? There's a, there's a quote that I, I found this week. I liked it. It said, silent gratitude isn't much use to anyone. Keeping it inside of you isn't much use to anybody else. So let's get, let's get at least one of these out of us and speak it. So just in the next 30 seconds, can you just turn to someone near you and share at least one thing that you're giving thanks for? right now in this moment. Just do that right now. Just turn to one person, share one thing you're thankful for. Thank you. Hey, I'm just going to insert something here, Brendan, because I just had a moment. I was talking as I sat down. Sheila mentioned she's been, she's been practicing this, what I just asked us to think about, and she's going to give a quick testimony to that. A few years ago, I was skiing at Bittersweet, and I was hit by a snowboarder, and in a, sna- in a snap, literally, my life changed. I went from being mom, teacher, wife, to in a hospital for a week with a metal plate in my arm and 11 screws and everything that I thought defined me was ripped away. And on my porch one day, um, a friend of mine brought a box of soup, and on top of the soup was a book, the, the book you referenced today, Ann Voskamp's um, A Thousand Gifts. And so I started reading it, and I thought, oh, I'll just, I have a lot of time. I was out of work for eight weeks, and I couldn't move my shoulder, so I just read and laid there. And God used that book to inspire me to start counting blessings. 
and I had just said to Matt, I'm on like 6,482 or something this morning, and I just have journals and journals. Every day I'll wake up, and the first thing I'll do is count blessings. And what I said was it changed my life. I, it, it changed my life. I see things differently. I'm a different person. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for tons of stuff that I never saw before. I'm just happy, and I think it's because I'm grateful. I know it is, but... Awesome. Thank you, Sheila. <laughs> All right, Brendan, remind us what's ahead out the windshield, okay? All right. This is kind of fun, different voices up here. It's fun for me. I hope it's interesting and fun for you guys, too. Um, we're going to give thanks for what is now. Um, I want to turn our attention to... Um, Where is it here? Revelation 21. If you have your Bible, or you can read up on the screen. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their children. I will be their God, and they will be my children. This is a huge promise from God in Scripture. It's something I look to when... Everything else is kind of uncertain. That God promises he will finally wipe away every tear and there will be no more crying or mourning or sickness or pain. That God is going to restore all of that. So earlier this week, I was sitting across the table from a friend and uh, it was nighttime and so it was kind of dark in the room and we were at a restaurant and uh, we were just having chit-chat. But inside, I was feeling really nervous or uncertain because there was something going on that we hadn't talked about in the conversation. Um, A few months before, one of our mutual friends had wronged him pretty seriously, him and his wife, and it caused all kinds of relational damage with that person. And it was threatening to break up their friendship that had been going on for a long time. Um, There were marital issues going on as well, and um, My friendship with them was threatened as well. And I knew that this was going on and had been going on, but I wasn't sure how to bring it up because I wanted to challenge them and say, the only way forward is through forgiveness. And and you've got to take the first step or else it's not going to happen. So I'm thinking that. Have you ever had those moments where you're like, I've got to say something. I don't know how to say it. I know it might cause some conflict. I'm not sure where he's at with it, what he's thinking. 
And I've just been praying for him for the last few months, saying, God, like, do something in his heart. Like, we need to see reconciliation here. And I realized how nervous I was because I was worried that, that the reconciliation, the forgiveness that God wanted was not going to happen. And um, that that would be devastating for me and for him. And I don't know why, I, but I have a hard time believing that um, God is going to just go do, do that on his own. Um, I mean, I think about in my life how many times someone has made a promise to me like this, maybe not as, uh, you know, apocalyptic, but a promise to me. Like uh, I was in the airport a few years ago, and it w- there was a rainstorm, and all the other flights were being canceled. And our, you know, flight attendant said over the loudspeaker, don't worry, we're just postponing our flight. It's just delayed right now, but we'll make sure to get you back to Michigan. It's like, okay, great. We are on the one flight that everyone else wants to be on. I've already got a ticket. We're good. Everyone else got canceled. All the taxis got taken away. All the hotels got booked. The airport closed. It's like 1.30, now 2 in the morning. The line for the help desk is like a quarter mile long, and I'm thinking, this is good. I've got it, you know, because I've got a ticket. And everyone else, like, there was, like, elderly people sleeping on the floor. Like, wait, people are, like, stuck in the airport. I'm like, I'm good. And then they come on the loudspeaker and say, we are so sorry, but uh, your flight has been canceled. I'm like, okay. And there was, like, a mob that came up forward. But that was a moment where I was like, okay, made a promise, and now I'm severely disappointed. How am I going to back to Michigan? Or any other number of promises that people have made that haven't been filled. Whether it's, you know, as a kid, when your dad says, I'll be there at a certain time, and then they don't show up. Or whether it's my brother saying, you got to go see this movie, you're going to love it, and then I go, and he's already ruined it for me. Whatever it is, um, I've been disappointed so many times so that I have a, a trust thing, right? Like, how do I, if someone says, okay, I'm going to do this for you, or this is going to happen, how do I know whether I can trust that person to actually follow through? Especially when it's a promise like this, like I'm going to make every single thing in the world right again. All the things that you cry over, all the things that are mourning. And then you look around and you go, how in the world is that going to happen? You read the news or you watch the news or you just try to have a conversation with your wife and your husband and it doesn't go the way you thought. Or you're sitting across the table from a friend who needs to see forgiveness in their life and you're not sure if God's going to come through. And so I'm trying to figure out how am I going to Introduce this conversation so that um, we, can, we can move towards this. And before I have a chance to bring it up, he says, hey, remember that thing that happened? I said, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he said, um, I've just been reflecting and praying about it, and I think it's time for me to forgive. It's like, okay. Praise God. You know, that I could never have made that happen. But God was doing something in his heart. And I should have just been thankful all along that God was doing this, that he had it under his control. And I could just be thankful for what he was going to do. So I'd like to invite you just uh, in the moments we have left, uh, on your piece of paper, I'd like to invite you to ponder one thing that hasn't yet happened in your life that you are anxious to have happen that you're longing for, that you're uh, desiring in your life, maybe a promise that has been given by God or by somebody else that you desperately long to see the end of, to see it completed. 
And uh, practice thanksgiving. What can you thank God for? Can you thank God in advance for that? Because he says um, every, every tear is going to be wiped away. So can we thank God for what's about to happen, even when we don't see it, as a way of proclaiming that God is faithful, that he will do it? If, someone, if I was to hand you a check for $1 million right now, you probably wouldn't thank me for it. You'd probably go, that's going to bounce, right? <laughs> you wouldn't thank me for it, would you? Um, but if I was a billionaire and I hand you a million, you know, million dollar check, maybe you go, wow, thank you, right? It depends on whether you actually trust me that I have what I say that I have. In the same way, when we read a promise like this from Scripture, that all the wrongs are going to be made right, um, it calls into question how we view God. Is he trustworthy? Does he have it in his account? You know, is he going to be good for his word or not? So that's the question I'd like to leave you with today. Is God good for his word in your life? And can you thank him for the things he's about to do?